You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. Can I have somebody clapping hands for Jesus? Can you clap your hands as if something is about to happen? Can you clap your hands? You know, the way you are clapping hands is as if uh, you are a stranger in this place. Come on, give God a clap offering of praise tonight. Just give God a hand of praise. It seems this side, they are more excited than this side. Hallelujah. Just speak to the neighbor next to you, tell them God loves you. And look to another neighbor and tell them the same word, God loves you. But he loves me more than both of you. Hallelujah. And uh, by the way, just smile at your neighbor and tell them that you love them and you appreciate them here tonight. Just tell them right now, all your neighbors next to you, and tell them that I am not the cause of your problems. So you can greet me and you can smile at them. Oh, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Give God a hand of praise. If you can do better, you can do it right here. Hallelujah. And uh, before you sit down, I'd like to appreciate Pastor Vasily uh, for uh, an opportunity to, to be here. He's a great, great, great man who is um, the father, um, the biological father as well uh, of my son, Pastor Elia. And um, I'd like to just appreciate him for the great opportunity that you have given us together with our mom. Um, your wife is a big thing to invite a major prophet in this city. And I want to tell you something. This is a new, a new beginning of new big things. I'd like also to... Um, Appreciate all the leadership of, a, of Hungry Generation and every person of Hungry Generation. I can really see you are hungry for God. And trust me, tonight is going to be spontaneous. God is going to move in this place in a crazy way. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. One thing I want you to know for me to come here, before you sit down, I want you to know this. For me to come here, it took God to speak to me. I'm not here because I'm looking for a pulpit. I have a big pulpit back in Africa of about 80,000 people every service I do. So I'm not looking for a pulpit, but I'm just here because God spoke to me. He said, son... I'm sending you to this city. I had a vision. I had a vision. 
And in this vision, I was taken in a room. It was a, a big room. It was a big room. And when I was in that room, it was so dark. And all the things which were inside, I couldn't see them. And it was a, a huge room. I could feel that I'm in a room which is so big. But I couldn't see anything. There was too much darkness. And I saw a small light shining on the corner. And it grew bigger and bigger until the whole room was light. And I asked God, what is this? And God told me, he said, what you're seeing right here is in Pascal. He said, right now, the church that you're going in, the church you're going to, is like a small light. It's going to shine. It will become a light and it will bring light to the whole city. And I, I'm telling you this. When I was coming here, I spoke to, to my son. I told him, I said to him, God has showed me exactly what is going to happen. All the people you're seeing in the street and all the people you're seeing here, time is coming and has come. Where they'll bow down to God and they'll see God. And I am seeing a revival taking place in this city. And I'm telling you, when I leave this city, I'm seeing a prophetic revival springing forth like a river. And so many souls will come to God. And I'm seeing a lot of things, miracles, signs and wonders taking place. You write it down. A year from now, you want to know this city again. There will be a great revival. I'm seeing the power of the Holy Ghost moving in this city like never before. I am seeing souls coming to God like never before. If you can appreciate God and clap hands for the King of Glory, you can do better than what just did. For our God is King. Our God is the healer. And our God is the provider. Our God is the Savior. Our God, He is Yahweh. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands for the God who we serve. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can tell your neighbor to have a seat. I'd like to appreciate you. Some of you have come from different places and far places. I'd like to appreciate you for coming tonight. As I said before, and I repeat, I'm here on a divine appointment. And I'll make sure that divine appointment is really achieved. One of the things that God told me, he said, I'll never put you in a place without a purpose. Any place I am and any place I go, I'm in that place for a reason and for a purpose. And before I begin to preach to you, this is my small background of my calling. It's very important for some of you who have always doubting Thomases, who will be like, but is this guy real? Wow, I am preaching the real Christ. I am preaching the real Christ. Just for the sake of um, some few people who would like to know my background, I was born in a Muslim background. I was born in a family of eight. And my father used to work in the military. And um, my father and my mother were all both Muslims. So I was born in a family of, of, of it's, a, it's a Muslim family that I was born in, and I grew up as a Muslim until I was 10. 
And one day when I was at school, when I was so young and I was 10, I had a physical encounter with a man who I never knew and never saw in my life. And this man appeared in the corridor and I was so young. And when he stood in front of me, I could ask my friends if they were seeing him and nobody was able to say they were seeing him. And before I knew it, I was knocked down. I just fell down. And that was the beginning of my calling. When I fell down, I saw someone who looks like me walking out of me. And two people appeared. One touched my left hand and one my right hand. And that was it. I was in heaven. And it's a long story. I have um, um, my message on YouTube about my vision, how God called me, and how he took me to heaven and all that. I've been in heaven several times. The only place I've never been or I've never had a vision of is the vision of hell. But I've been in heaven for several times. Now, when I was, when I was in heaven, the angel that spoke to me, and he kept on speaking to me, showing me things and revealing to me things. He said unto me, the last message when I was 10, after showing me everything, he said unto me, you are going back on earth to represent us. And nothing will be hidden in your eyes. For the reason of your calling is to make mankind know that God knows them. And he knows what they're passing through. And he knows their situations. And he knows their problems. And that he is still speaking. And he said, go. The last word when he said, go, I woke up and I was in in, in the hospital on the bed. And I was on drip. And the nurses were all around me, and they weren't finding anything that was wrong. And that voice came to me again and said, this nurse, her name is Kate. And I called her out by her name. I said, Kate. And she was surprised. So since I was staying from the hospital bed to the puppy today, God has done amazing things. And that's my calling. God reveals to me. He reveals to me, and I know exactly right here as I'm standing here. I know what you're passing through, and I know your name, where you're coming from, even your house number, even your what you do. I know everything about you. And that you must get ready for that. So from a Muslim background to Christian, and it, it, it didn't go well with my parents. It was a bit sour. But eventually, my whole family gave their lives to Christ. My father is an evangelist. My mother, too, evangelist. All my brothers, great men of God. And the whole family just go revival. And God did a lot of things. And the first miracle that I performed was to heal my mother from hernia. And she had hernia for so long. And when I prayed for her, when she was healed, that miracle moved everyone because she was about to go to, uh, through an operation on a Thursday. And when I prayed for her, when she went to hospital, they couldn't find her anymore. She was totally healed until today. 
And God has been doing wonders and miracles in the family until today. And I want to tell you something. One of the things that I see in my ministry happening, miracles. I love miracles and I love, I love miracles. The way you clap, it's like I don't love them. I love miracles. I love, I love seeing, I, I love seeing impossibles becoming possibles. That's what we believe. I, I, I'm so shocked that the generation we're in is a generation where we say we love God and we have faith in God. But when we see miracles, we begin to say, but is this real? So what's the meaning of a miracle? What's the meaning of, I mean, the, the, the meaning of you having faith? We say we are believers. What do we believe God for? If we see miracles. So I have faith in God. And, and I've seen miracles happening. And I think some of you have seen miracles of ministry happening where we saw fire coming from heaven physically. I think some of you have seen that happening in my ministry. We have had physical fire several times coming from heaven, consuming all the charms of people who do witchcraft and all those things. We have seen the fire coming direct from heaven. And I remember one of these services, I had a service, it was on the ground. And a person brought a snake. A snake? And what, what could you do? You having a snake being brought to you, a snake. Live snake. He says, I, I, I don't want to be doing this thing anymore. And he's bringing a snake. You know, in America, it's, it's strange. In Africa, there's too much witchcraft. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, that's why preaching in America is more better than preaching in Africa because in Africa they can kill you. <laughs> We've had so many pastors who died on the pulpit, just collapsed and died because they didn't have power. In Africa they can kill you. If you are not careful, they can kill you right there on the pulpit. They can kill you. So this person brings the snake. We had a lot of people bring their charms and he brings a snake. And his snake caught fire right there on the pulpit. From heaven, fire just came and burned it. Physically. And there was one man who was doubting of the fire. Is that real? I think some of you watch on TV. How many watched? This man caught fire. He was doubting. His jacket began to burn. And he's wondering his jacket is burning right in the service. He took off his jacket and his jacket was, this guy was about to die, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so I, I love miracles. I just love them. You know, I, I love them. From 10 until today, I've grown up my life believing in miracles. And I've seen God doing miracles, signs and wonders. And I believe tonight, his praises. All the miracles that Jesus Christ performed, they were all questioned. Even if he healed somebody, they said, why is he healing people on Sabbath? So every miracle of Jesus Christ was questioned. But that's where there's a power of miracles. It's beyond human belief. It's supernatural. And I, I love the supernatural power of God. It is foolishness to those who are perishing. But unto us who believe, 
It is the power of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said praise the Lord. So tonight, I want to share with you for a few minutes um, something very powerful. And I'll be sharing with you a simple message. And I'll be sharing with you about the principles of God. Say the principles. Say it again. Say the principles of God. God has operated the way human beings do. He is God and in his sovereignty. We have God on the throne and we have his plans, his will on the throne. And then we have Jesus on earth telling us to say, when you pray, you must say, let your will be done as it is in heaven. In other words, the things which are happening here, they must be exact copy of what is in heaven. Then in his prayer, he says, when you pray, you must say, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Then when Jesus Christ was giving his instruction to the disciples, he said, wherever you are going to preach, tell them this statement. God's kingdom is near you. Then he said, go and perform miracles, signs and wonders. But the first thing he told them, the kingdom is near you. And it's quite amazing. And what's the connection of the kingdom and miracles? He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So his will is in heaven. Only the kingdom comes on earth. His will will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So his will can only be done when his kingdom has come. And what is his kingdom? His kingdom is his power. Um, I'm going somewhere. I'm trying to take everyone along the board. I'm trying to get anyone who is lost come along to the board. The Bible says the kingdom come that will be done. What is the meaning of the kingdom? And I, I was sharing somewhere before I said the word kingdom comes from two words. There's a word king and there's a word dom. And the word dom is a short phrase of the word dominion. Somebody say dominion. dominion. Somebody say again dominion. dominion. So the word kingdom there are two words, actually. There's a word king and dom. Dom is for dominion or domain. So when we say kingdom, we mean king's dominion. Now, kingdom, king's dominion. Now, when Jesus said that your prayer must be, thy kingdom come, and it means the authority of God as a king. The authority of God as a king, when is in operation. His will will be done. And what is his will? The Bible says, the will of God is that you prosper and that you live in good health. Just as your soul prospers. 
Oh, am I talking to someone right here? Am I talking to someone right here? His will is that you prosper just as your soul, your spiritual life prospers and that you live in good health. Now, so we are having the kingdom of God on earth where God says he wants to heal you. He wants to live in good health. He wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper you. And then he also wants you to prosper spiritually. Now, this is God's will. But when you look around what, what is happening in your life, sometimes it is the opposite of the will of God. Your spiritual life, which is your soul, is, isn't prospering. You end in good health. Physically, you are not prospering. So what's really the problem? The problem is the will of God. Now, but before we go into, in, into that, I, I want you to understand this. I, w- I want you to understand this. I hope everybody is getting to the board. I'm about to do some crazy things here. The devil is going to leave your house. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said the devil is going to leave your home. The disease is going to leave your body. Cancer is going to bow to the name of the Lord Jesus. Now hear this. So Jesus Christ came on earth. According to the scriptures in John chapter 1, the Bible says in the beginning there was a word and the way it was with God and God was the word and him was um, uh, life. And the life was the light of man. And nothing was made without him, for all things were made by him and for him. Light shines in darkness, but darkness comprehended not. There was a man, his name was John, who came to bear witness of the very same light. But he was not the light. This is the true light that overcomes the world. He came for his own, and his own received him not. But for those who received him were given. The power, power to become sons of God. So they are not sons of God and then they're looking for power. No, the power that was given to them is what made them to become sons of God. If you were a son of God, there was a power that converted you to become. Oh, I think I'm talking to the wrong people. So if you are a son of God, there was a power that converted you to become. So there's no need for you to be looking for power because it is the same power that made you to become. You have it already. It is inside of you. All you have to do is to activate the power that is living inside of you. Oh, am I talking to somebody right here? Am I talking to somebody? So there is the power right inside of you which must be activated tonight. So the Bible said he gave them power to become. So what made you to become? It is the power that he gave you. So the Bible says he gave them power to become sons of God. Then the Bible says, these sons are not born by flesh and blood, neither by human will or by the will of a husband, but they are born by the will of God. So 
Listen to this. The Bible says, and the word became flesh. Full of grace and truth. Now, Jesus Christ came on earth as the word. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them. Now, the word which was sent was Jesus. He was sent as the word and he became the flesh. He was born in the flesh, lived among us, full of grace and truth. And he was crucified and he rose from the dead and he healed us. But his straps were healed. And this is the word of God, which is Jesus. Now, but when Jesus Christ came on earth, he lived with us. But when he came on earth, he demonstrated or revealed the principles of God. And I want you to understand these principles. Because once you miss God's principles, you have missed everything about yourself. So number one I want you to get is you have to know what are God's principles. What are his principles? God doesn't work the way human being works. This is why we're having so many Christians who are missing God. They are praying and they're wondering why the things aren't moving. It's not because of how prayerful you are or how faithful you are to God. It's about how do you know his principles. It is very important to understand and to know his principles. And one of the principles I want you to know that Jesus Christ lived with, lived in. And when he came on earth, he complimented them. It is this principle, the principle of selection. Say the principle of selection. Say it again. Say it again. Say the principle of selection. What is this principle? What does this principle do? Wow. In Luke chapter 4, from verse 25, there's a revelation where Jesus Christ, his first message, when he came from the wilderness was to reveal this principle. In Luke chapter 4 from verse 18, 18, he just comes from the wilderness. In verse 18, he enters in the synagogue. And in verse 18, the Bible says he's given a scroll to read. And that was the first message to read. And he reads Isaiah. He speaks of the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach, to heal, and to liberate those in prison, and to comfort those who mourn. And after doing that, he closes the Bible. And in verse 25, Jesus, this is his first message. He reveals the principle of selection. Verse 25 says, of, of, of Luke chapter 4, verse 25 says, But I tell you the truth. Many widows were, were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven shut up through years and six months, when a great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Selapta, a seed of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many leapers, 27, were in Israel in the time of Elias, the prophet. None of them was cleansed, saving Naaman in the Syrian. Now, the first message Jesus Christ speaks and reveals, it is the principle of selection. What does this principle do? How does this principle do? And how does it work? And I'd like to reveal to you this principle. It is very important because this way we're going to have people healed and others not. Oh, you didn't even hear this thing. 
What is the principle of selection? When we deal with the principle of selection, it is whereby God reveals. The Bible says there were so many widows in the days of Elijah, but none of them was sent. None of them was Elijah sent apart from one. From the city of Sidon, not from Israel. None of them apart from one. And then the Bible says there were so many leapers in Israel in the days of Elisha. But none of them was cleansed apart from one, the Syrian, Naman. Now, what does that tell you? Just, he comes, that's his first message. That's his first message. He reveals unto us the principle of selection. There were so many widows. Why were other widows not assisted? Why only this widow? And why were other leapers not Christ? Why only Naaman, the Syrian? Because when Jesus Christ is doing his work, he works with the principles. And among the principles is a principle of selection. Before we go into details, just ask yourself a question. There are so many people in this city, so many people in, in, in the U.S., but why only the few of you are in this room tonight? It is a principle of selection. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. I said, why the few of you? Why the few of you are here tonight? Why did he call wow other people? In fact, you are not actually influential like the other people. They are more important in the society more than you. But why did God not allow them to come in here? Why did God allow you only to make it for this event? Why? Because he deals with the principle of selection. Because he selected you tonight to be here. And he selected you for this reason. He selected you for this purpose. Am I talking to somebody right here? That's what the Bible says, for many are called, but few are selected. Oh, am I talking to somebody right here? So he deals with the principle of selection. It is a principle. Ladies and gentlemen, never forget this. He deals with the principle of selection. Say the principle of selection. As we are still explaining about this principle. And, and I want you to get this very well. It's very important. We may be in church. All of us expect. But listen. I have seen this several times. Where I pray for people. Others are healed and others are not. And they wonder why. Why are others not selected to be healed? That's where I'm going. Why are others blessed and others not? That's where I'm going. Oh, are you hearing me right? I said, are you hearing me, right? Are you hearing me? Or you're not hearing me? One of the most greatest anointing I carry is the anointing of impartation. I've got two angels. When I'm preaching, one angel speaks to me and one angel imparts what I'm speaking to people. You will see. You're going to see things. 
Did you hear me, somebody? Did you hear me? So the Bible speaks and explains. But I want you to get this information. It's very, very important. Very, very, very important. The principle of selection. Now, that does not make sense. Until I take to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, the Bible speaks of Jesus Christ. When he weren't at the pool. But cedar. Where, when he were at this pool, there were five porches. The Bible says, on these pools laid a great number of sick people. In, the Bible never said there was only one man. The Bible says they lay a great number of important, lame, blind, mute, deaf. Did you hear that? The Bible didn't say only one man. The Bible speaks of a lot of people who were sick and who had several problems. But guess what? Jesus didn't go for everyone there. He only went there for one man. That's the principle of selection. And I pray to God that tonight, may you be the only person that Jesus must visit tonight. When you understand the principle of selection, when you understand the principle of selection, you're going to make it possible that no matter what, I want to be the only person to be selected. If God has to heal somebody, it has to be me. If God has to bless somebody, it has to be me. If God has to raise somebody up, it has to be me. It's only when you understand the principle of selection. That's not enough. I can give own examples on the selection. Not only that. Let's talk about David. This Samuel comes and he calls all the brothers of David. He says, come. One, one brother comes and no, you, God has rejected it. The Bible actually says, God has rejected you. And he goes on. Another one, God has rejected you. And one guy who is just in the bush, young, and who's the, he's not even taking care of anything, and, and, and God says, that one. Says a principle. No, tell your neighbor, it's a principle. Now imagine your whole family. They have nothing to do with God. But why you? Why did God select your family? Why did he unappoint you? Look at your brothers. Look at your cousins. Look at your uncles and your sisters. Why you? Tell them it's a principle. Oh, come on, somebody. Says a principle. Because when we live, sometimes we may not know these principles. Says a principle. Say the principle of selection. Say it again. So you may be here sitting down and, and, and wondering. And you may actually not be a saint. You may be struggling with the sin. Or something else. But why is God still pushing you in church? Why? Why does he keep on pushing you in church? There are good people out there. Better than you. But why does God keep on pushing you in church? Because it's a principle. Because God loves you. You didn't hear me. I said God loves you. On the principle of selection, because of time, I can explain better and better. Took off. The Bible says before these children were born, Jacob and Isaac, 
I mean, uh, and, and Esau, Esau and Jacob, before they were born, they have not committed any sin. But God says, I've rejected. I have rejected Esau and I've loved Jacob. And you wonder, what, what happened? What did Esau do? Nothing. But it was a principle. And tonight, you may, you may be wondering, if you don't do this tonight, he won't select you. And I want to share with you. It's very important for you to understand God's principles. Otherwise, he may reject you too. You may be standing in God's presence. Oh, Father, heal me. Touch me. Deliver me. And God says, I've rejected you. And God may pass you and heal somebody behind you. Because you don't understand the principles of God. Did you hear me, somebody? I said, did you hear me, somebody? I said, did you hear me? Say it's a principle. Say the principle of selection. How many be selected tonight? How many are saying, I'm going to make sure. How many are saying, tonight is my night. How many are saying, I can feel it. It's my night tonight. Oh, are you sure? Are you ready for this? Are you sure for this? Are you ready for this? Praise God. Say the principle of selection. Say it again. Say it again. So when you are struggling, just know you are not yet selected. So David was a small boy taking care of the sheep. He was not yet what? Selected. Until he was selected. When he was selected by God, his whole life changed. His whole demeanor changed. His whole life changed. There was no longer a life of struggling. He became the king. He became a rich man. He became blessed because he was selected by God. And guess what tonight? When you are selected tonight, guess what? Your life is going to change. I can see everything about you changing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a matter of selection. When you are selected by God, oh my goodness, am I talking to somebody right here? It is just a matter of selection. What David was waiting for was not God's hand to touch him. What he was waiting for was a day where he would be selected. And when a day came where he was selected, his whole life changed. What you're waiting for is God's selection. Oh, am I talking to someone right here? One night I was praying, um, I was praying and I was fasting. One of the things I like doing is fasting and prayer. So I was fasting and I was praying. And when I was praying, God spoke to me. He said, son, I know what you're looking for. But understand my principles. That's what he told me. He said, understand my principles. And I began to pray for principles. And when I began to pray for principles, a lot of things were revealed unto me. And trust me, there is no any area in my life 
that I don't want him to select me. Spiritually, I won't be selected. Financially, oh, by the way, I'm not a poor prophet. I'm sitting on a net of $150 million. I'm not a poor prophet. You can Google on the internet my net. He's going to tell you. I'm not a poor prophet. Trust me. That's not, I, I don't believe myself in poverty. I believe in God of supervision. And I carry serious anointing of prosperity. As I'm speaking, this anointing is falling on somebody else. I can sense it. I can feel it. Are you getting me, somebody? I can feel this anointing hitting somebody right here. Oh, my goodness. Am I talking to somebody right here? To a level whereby sometimes when I'm preaching, we have people getting messages in their phones that their debts are canceled. Their bills are paid. The anointing is so strong for prosperity. Oh, I might talk to someone right here. Because we may be having someone like, that boy, what is he talking about? That poor boy. Wow. I'm the second I'm the second richest pastor the whole world I'm not saying in Africa I'm saying the whole world so I'm not like oh like oh so this boy what is it looking for he has nothing to do with this boy come on I have got an airline I've got jets I've got mines I've got I've got 26 mines of gold. I've got two mines of diamonds. I've got, oh, come on, let's not even go far. Let's just stop there. So I'm not here for money. I'm not here for anything. I'm here for your soul. And you will know it better. No, I'm not talking to somebody right here. I'm not talking to somebody. I decree and I declare something supernatural is coming over your life. Something big. Are you here, somebody? Le kaso koto paradiya masuve hey. Shatupe eniya masuve eniya pakateja. Sit down for a moment. Hey. You know, you know, in America we receive things in a smooth way like, oh, amen. Oh. I'm so sorry. The kingdom of God is not in Cyrus. Ladies and gentlemen, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is suffering virus. And those that take it, they take it by force. It is not in Cyrus. It is by force. I praise God that this church, this ministry is one of few ministries in America that believe in revival, that believe in signs and wonders. 
this ministry believe in the miracles. It believes in the supernatural and the demonstration of God's power. And that one actually drove me to come here. God said, go, son. God said, go. Trust me, I've been invited by, you know, I have my son Brian here. I've been invited by big churches in America, but I refuse to come. Because they don't believe the same way I believe. To them, to them, what we are preaching is foolish. To them, as long as you come in church and say, oh, hallelujah, God bless your diseases, amen, oh, yeah, amen. <laughs> to them, God is when a man of God comes and says, oh, God bless your sicknesses, oh, amen. God bless your problems, amen. Not here. Not here. Disease has to bow. Kaya patea. Demons will bow. Talking to somebody around here. We are not built just by faith, but by the demonstration of God's power. Oh, hallelujah. Are you here, somebody? Are you here? You are here, right? It's very important. It's very important. Look at your neighbor and say, it's very important for you to understand this. I said, it's very important. Tell your neighbor that. Say, it's very important. Second principle. Say, second principle. And because of time, I'll stop on the second one. Because this side, they look tired, so we'll stop on the second. Are you here, somebody? We'll look on the second principle. As I said, so don't forget, make sure tonight you're selected. Did you hear that? Make sure tonight you're what? Now, when, when I, we go deep in this teaching, you find out why were other people selected and others not. And only takes one thing. It was faith. Faith moves you to be selected or not. Oh, you didn't even hear this at all. How do we know it? Let's just go on, 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 on David. Just... David, his brothers, when they saw Goliath, it was a difficult thing to solve. But with David, actually, same David approached his brothers and he said, who is that man? And his brothers shouted at him and said, who do you think you are? His own brothers. That's why the Spirit of the Lord said, I have rejected you. Because these brothers... They had no faith. These brothers, Goliath was a giant in their eyes. 
But the same Goliath, in the eyes of David, he was uncircumcised Philistine. Oh, I'm going to talk to someone right here. The same situation to some of you. It is a huge situation. But to some people, they believe this problem is nothing in the eyes of God. And I want to tell you, when you have that mind tonight, when you have that mind tonight that this disease is nothing in God's presence, if you have come here believing this situation is nothing in God's presence, surely tonight you'll be selected. In this conference, you'll be selected. Am I talking to somebody right here? That's what the Bible said, by faith in Hebrews. It says, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. By, uh, no, no. It, it, the scripture refers all great men of God who performed miracles, that it was by faith. All Hebrews 11, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. So what makes you to be selected? It is the faith. Once you believe. We have people who come in church who believe they have got what they call they lack faith integrity. Faith integrity, it is the agreement between what comes of your mouth and what you believe. So we have people who say, I am healed. But their mind is too thinking. Am I really healed? So there's no integrity of faith. So what you're pronouncing and what you're believing, it has to be the same. We have people who say, yeah, 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 now I'm, I, I, I know things going to be fine. Everything is going to change. But when they sit down, they go through thinking. There's no faith integrity. That's why. Samuel said, God does not see the appearance of outside, but he sees the intents, the contents of heart. So you may be saying, I'm healed, I'm free, it is done, all miracles are happening. But what is in your heart is what makes you to be selected or not. We have people who are still struggling with that. They confess other things, but their mind, there's too much battle. Why am I passing through this? Why me? Why all this? When David saw Goliath, he never said, why am I going through this? He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Am I talking to someone right here? When he was passing through the same situation, he never feared. He never feared. He never questioned God who said, why am I going through the valley of the shadow of death? Oh, he said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of... What was that valley? It was the valley of Eli. What was this valley? It was the valley where he was meeting Goliath. He said, though I walk through this valley, I fear no evil. He said, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He was seeing beyond what he was passing through. Oh, am I talking to someone right here? This is why others are selected and others are not. This is why others are selected and others are not. When God wants to prosper someone financially, he sees all these things before he selects you. Before he selects someone into ministry, he sees all these things. If you may ask the pastor, he's going to tell you a lot of stories. How he has made it until today. If, if, if you ask him, I'll tell you a lot of stories. 
So God sees before he takes you into the ministry. That's what the Bible says before you were called. He says he foreknew you. For those he foreknew, he predestined for what? To be conformed to the image of his son. And after predestination, he says he called you. And after calling you, he says he justified you. After justifying you, he says he glorified. So before the glory you see, behind the glory, there is a story. Oh, I'm going to talk to somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, do not see the glory that I'm having now. See the story behind the scene. I'm not talking to someone right here. Don't just see David as a king. Don't just see David as a king. But see him as a shepherd boy. There's a story behind. It takes you to understand the principles of God. Don't see yourself as a small person. You are a great person. The more you begin to see yourself, it directs God for selection. When you see yourself as a big person, when you see yourself as going forward, when you see yourself as being healed, when you see yourself as making it, when you see yourself as a great nation, God says, yes, this is the person to select. God is refusing people who don't see themselves to be what God sees them to be. Uh, I might talk to somebody right here. There are some people God looks in them and sees them as great people. But they see themselves as poor people, as struggling people, as not worthy people, as not holy people. But when God looks in them, he sees all good things. But because they reject that, they refuse to accept that, God rejects them. So be selected tonight. Say it again. Say it again. And that's what the Bible says. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the sick say, I am healed. Why is the scripture saying all that? Why? Because the, 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 the power of selection is in your confession, what you confess. Where everybody was confessing fear, David confessed victory. When everybody's confessing, struggling, spiritually, financially, you have to confess the opposite. Oh, I'm not talking to somebody right here. It will influence the selection of God. It will influence the selection of God. How many tonight say, I will begin to confess positive things of myself? Can I see the hands up? If anyone says, I'll begin to confess positive things for myself. Can I see your hands up? Can I see your hands up? Can I see your hands up? I want to tell you something. God wants you to change your direction. Change your direction. Begin to confess positive things. I am not poor. I am rich. I am not sick. I am healed. I am not possessed. I am free. I am healed. I am delivered. I am not blind. I can see. I am not as I am. I am a great person. Greater is he who lives inside of me than he who lives in the outside. When you begin to do that, it will influence the principle of selection. Oh, are you here, somebody? Who is following? Can I say hand if you're following? 
Second principle. Because of time. Say because of time. Second principle. I'm going to share with you the principle of deliverance. Say the principle of deliverance. Say it again. This is the most important principle most Christians don't understand. Wow. The question is, if I am born again, if I gave my life to Christ, do I need deliverance? The answer is, being born again, it is actually making you to be on the platform to be delivered. Oh, did you hear me? Is deliverance important? Yes. I'll tell you why. Are you following me, right? I'm going to tell you why. Do you know, in the days of Moses, the Israelites were in the hands of Pharaoh. They were tortured. They went through hell. There's no hell that you're passing through that can be more than what they were passing through. They were slaves. Slaves or fellow. They worked day in and out. They ate once a day. And they were tortured. All their children were killed. It was a bad experience. They had to walk out of this situation, no matter what. But guess what? The only way they had to walk out was not by military strength or by medical aid or by insurance. The only way they would walk out, there were many ways God could do it. He could have sent the soldiers of Syria to come and defeat Pharaoh and release his people. But that, that, that wasn't a way that God would use. God thought of all those ways. Needed strength but the best way he saw was deliverance. He said, I'll send Moses to deliver my people out of the hands of Pharaoh. You didn't even hear this. You didn't even hear this. It is a principle. Turn about it is a principle. Turn about again, it is a principle. Turn about again, it is a principle. Are you following? The principle of deliverance. Selection. All right. He selects you. So what? Now, the next thing that we have to look on or look at is the principle of deliverance. And in this principle, it actually Finishes everything. In, in Mark chapter 5, the Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea. Somebody say they came to, to the other side. Oh, before we continue, look at your neighbor and say, Do you know you have the other side of your life? Turn about, do you know you have the other side of your life? 
one of the same. Do they know? Do you know there is the other side of your life? You haven't reached it yet. Oh, tell your neighbor, you may see me the way I am now. But after this meeting, I'll be to the other side of my life. after this conference, after this meeting, you will see the other side of me. Not this side. This side of struggles. These struggles of sickness and love. There's the other side of me. You have not seen yet. Chapter 5. And they went the other side of the country of the gatherings. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they murmured him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, nor with the chairs. If I stop there, it's also even enough. The Bible says there was a man, and this man, he was living in tombs. And this man, this particular man, no one was able to bind him. Not with the chains. No one was able to bind him. Do you know there's always a problem in the family? That everyone in the family is failing to bind it. We have people who no one in their family has been rich before. There's a spirit in the family that no one in the family has been able to bind it. And that spirit tonight, I will deal with it. We have people with good ideas, with a good school, but they can't just get a proper job. Not only them, but it's in the family. Why? Because that spirit, no one was able to bind it. No one, not your father, not your mother, not your cousins. Everyone is failing, is being defeated in the same spirit. The spirit of failure, of stagnation. Of being in the same place. Years are passing. You are stagnant. No one is able in your family to bind this spirit. Everyone is stagnant. Everyone is just in the same place position. Because the demon of stagnation is influencing everyone. The demon of, of frustration is frustrating everyone in the family. Now what you need to go through. What are you supposed to do? Jesus appears to the other side. For one mission. And his mission is to set free this man. It is a principle. You need to go through the power of deliverance. Am I talking to somebody right here? You wonder. You have been struggling. Enough is enough. 
Come on, look at your name and say, enough is enough. Say, there's a principle tonight. Say, there's a principle tonight. The principle of deliverance. The Bible continues saying, for so many times was this man born, but he broke the chains. So many times, but he broke them. So many times you tried in life. There was a bit of an achievement as if you are trying to move on. But before you know it, you went back to Zillow. Because you were able to bind, but the devil broke the chains. What does I tell you? You need deliverance tonight. Whatever spirit of stagnation, the spirit of being in the same place, the demon that makes you to be doing the things you had to be doing, the demon that makes you to be sick, the only solution for the Israelites was not to let them go, but it was actually to deliver them from the hands of fellow. Oh, am I talking to somebody right here? And the deliverance was promised with something else. The word was when they are delivered from the hands of fellow, they will be in a land of milk and honey. The reason why Christians are failing to live a life of milk and honey is because they are still in the hands of fellow. They are still in the hands of demons. Controlling them, influencing them, tormenting them. Putting them in straits and fear. But when the power of deliverance came upon the Israelites, they were told you'll be in the land of milk and in the land of honey. They never saw miracles in Egypt. They never saw miracles until they were delivered. When they were delivered, they saw miracles taking place. They saw heaven opening. They saw water coming from the rock. They saw manna falling from heaven. They saw the sea being separated. You will never see miracles until you are free. Am I talking to somebody right here? You, you will never see miracles in your life until you are delivered. You will never see miracles until you are free from the power that holds your life, from the power that holds your destiny, until you are loosed, until you are free. Zizorantiyama Zorahyaniyandu Hmm Kepasokotipanu Hallelujah to God. When you understand, when you know who you are, when you begin to have the revelations, and you begin to know there was no way I'm going to be free if the principle of deliverance won't work on me. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, you can have a man like Job who was a noble man, a man of good works, a man like Job who was rich and had everything. But trust me, the devil was able to go to God and, and beg God for his life. And beg God for his properties. And the Bible says that this man, the devil, took hold of his life. Took hold of his wife. Took hold of his children. 
took hold of his properties until he became nothing, until he became poor. But who was behind? It was the devil. Am I talking to somebody? Do you know who is behind your frustration? Do you know who is behind your delay? You are so much delaying. Until now, nothing is moving. You are not in the place you're supposed to be. But there's something behind your success. Something behind your moving. Something behind your job. Something behind your marriage. Something behind the children you're supposed to have. Something behind the drugs the children are taking. Something behind the force that you're facing every day. There's something behind. And I want to tell you something. If you have to be free, then the principle of deliverance has to be applied. No matter what, tonight you need to get your deliverance. I said tonight how to be free in the name of Jesus. I said tonight how to get free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are we ready? Are we ready? Somebody, are we? Are you ready, somebody? Now, so Jesus, oh, I think, I think this side are sleeping. So Jesus. Hear this. So Jesus Christ went and met this man. And this man, for, for so many years, has been born. And Jesus says, what is your name? And the demon says, my name is a legion. For we are many. Just like some of you. There are many problems in there. <laughs> it's not... It's not just one problem. <laughs> what must we do with these problems? Why must we do these problems? So Jesus, Jesus says, what's your name? And the demon says, legion for we are many. And the demon continues. He says, Mm, do not punish us. Please cast us out and do not send us anywhere. Send us in the peaks. Do you know why? Because demons does not stay anywhere apart from loving to live in the blood. Demons love to stay in the blood. That's why you find out that the same problem you're facing your parents had it. Because it moves from one blood. Blood represents generation. That's the demons. The Bible says when you cast them out, they go to the dry land. And they come back to check. Why? Because demons love to stay in the blood. That's why out of all, Jesus had to shed his blood. <laughs> Thank you.
You are not even hearing me at all, I think. So hear this. Hear this. So when you, when, when, when he said, when, when he said, what's your name? The demon said, I'm a legion for we are many. And the Bible records, and I repeat, the Bible records that Jesus said, get out. And the demons went into the pigs. Did you hear that? Yes. Demons went into the pigs. And when he cast them out, this man was free. All his worries, all what made him to be in tombs, all what made him to have sleepless nights, all what gave him stress, left him. He became a free man. Why can't you allow that tonight to happen to you? Why can't you say, I need all these things to be cast out of me? And all these problems to be cast out of me. Why can't you accept that tonight? Do I have somebody accepting that tonight to happen? Do I have somebody accepting that tonight? To say, cast out every problem. Cast out every demon. He's all in when, 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 when you understand this principle of deliverance, it is the most important principle for you to get. Tonight, we're going to have time to pray. And I want to tell you something. Demons will be manifesting and coming out of people. They'll be coming out of people. You know, just, 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 just get ready. Things will come out tonight. Things will walk out of people. Oh, I might talk to somebody here. The first principle is a principle of what? Selection. And the second principle, I said because of time, I'll stop on the deliverance. But there are actually seven principles. I am not making them to be seven. They are seven. I'm not saying, I didn't sit down and say, okay, so how many principles are there? No, they are actually seven principles of God. Once you know them, you are gone. When I pray now for the power of deliverance, you will be free. Yes. Who is believing? Who is believing? Who is believing? I said, Who is believing? And everybody stand. I want us to pray. Tomorrow we're going to have so many people here. So is Sunday. So many people. So many people. Invite as much as friends as you can. If you love your friends, invite them. 
I've seen people inviting their friends for a party. But what is a party? What is a party? It's a temporal thing. This is more than a party. This is the demonstration of God's power. Yes. There are times where America, in the United States of America, demonstrate their weapons. So they take their jets to move up to show the world that they're dangerous. Turn the planes and turn on their planes and move their tanks just to show the world that they are powerful. And there are times also where God demonstrates that He's powerful. Times like this, where He moves in a manner where He heals, He delivers just to show the world that He is God. But He didn't even hear this. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I just want you to believe now. Just believe where you are. You know, for you to be free, as I said, the first principle is the principle of selection. And for the principle of selection to happen, you need to have what? Faith. Right now, I just want you to open up your heart. Just open up your heart. So strong. Just open up your heart. It's a God. Touch me now. And where you are, you will see whatever spirit, whatever force holding your life, it will begin to come out. Angels. Angels move here now. Angels, 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 move this place. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, Father, touch me now. Touch me now. By your power. By your power. Set me free. Set me free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord. Forgive every sin I have sinned against you. Wash me by your blood. I accept you as my Lord and my God. Oh Lord, tonight I surrender everything in your hands. I recommit my life in your hands. I recommit my life in your hands. Change me. I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. I believe my sins are forgiven. And I'm washed. And I'm pure. I am holy. I'm sanctified. In Jesus' name. I am justified. Amen. Just raise up my hands again. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.